0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions.
1: Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. He's joining us via Skype, and this morning we'll talk about the rights of individuals with disabilities with guests from Disability Rights Mississippi. Hello, Professor Gershon, and Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year, Liz. It's, happy, it's great to be back Uh uh, nice to have a little bit of a break, but uh, certainly good to be back live on, on the show with you. And today is such an important topic because, you know, when you think about it, any of us. Uh, could become disabled, and in fact, when I teach my wills in the states class, I make my students do some planning for disability for themselves because it's something we all need to think about, and so it's great that we have uh, people advocating for the rights of those who are disabled.
1: We do, and we'd like to welcome today Greta Martin, Litigation Director, and Micah Dutro, is that how you say it? Dutro. Dutro. All right, Dutro, Legal Director, both from Disability Rights of Mississippi. Miss Martin, tell us about yourself and how you became came involved with uh, disability rights mississippi okay um i am a graduate
3: of mississippi college school of law graduated in 2010 and since that time i've been in private practice handling uh, personal injury medical malpractice and cases like that about three months ago i joined disability rights mississippi as their litigation director where i'll be handling all um outside lawsuits um, anything
1: that comes in that's gonna that's my job excellent excellent and Mr. Dutro, tell us about yourself.
4: Right. So I've been with Disability Rights Mississippi for uh, almost three years now, and before that, I was in also in private practice. Um, early in my career, did a lot of criminal defense, but I found myself eventually doing mostly Social Security disability cases and appealing them uh, up to federal court and uh, found my way to disability rights mississippi from there
1: all right well we're glad that you're here we're glad that our listeners have the opportunity to call in with at uh, 1-877-MPB-RING or able to send us an email legalterms at org. you're both with disability rights mississippi Tell us about the organization a little bit.
4: Right. So Disability Rights Mississippi is a nonprofit organization. We're not uh, a state agency, although sometimes people think we are Mm -hmm. um, because of the name. But uh, every state and territory in the United States has an organization like ours. Um, We were created by an act of Congress in the late 70s. and we're federally, mostly federally funded through various grant programs. Um, but we're an independent nonprofit organization that advocates for the legal rights of people with disabilities all over the state. Fantastic. And co- go ahead, I Professor Kirsten.
2: Well, and that uh, very similar to we've had uh, legal services on in, in the past, and it's a very similar type of organization. But they still need uh, they still need private support as well. So, uh, if you're so driven, you know that would be a good organization to donate
4: to. Certainly, we wouldn't turn you away.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure that to inf- that uh, donation and more information about the organization is on your website. Is that a easy to spout out?
4: Uh, it is. Oh, I should know that. Should I? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, drms uh, dot MS, I believe, is our website. That's correct. Uh, That's correct. I've got it up right now. As a matter of I, fact, shockingly, I don't visit as as much as I probably should. <laughs> All right, uh, so
1: it's it's the name, the, uh, the initials of the name, Disability Rights Mississippi, drms dot. MS. Right. All right. Well, we're so glad that you're here, and we've already sparked a phone call. So we're going to go to uh, Jenna. Uh, go ahead. We're, thank you for calling um, in legal terms, and Happy New Year. <laughs> Jenna, we're going to need you to turn off your radio if you're listening to us that way so that you'll be able to hear us. Uh, can you go ahead? Yes, ma'am. Um, I have a question. I've been trying to get my mother,
5: we've been trying to get her disability for probably 10 years now. And she has a mental health issue. She's been diagnosed one time with major depressive disorder. And I've been taking care of her. I have to engage her to do everything. But the problem is we can't really afford her to get the mental health care she needs. So she doesn't have any paperwork backing her up. I guess is why she keeps getting denied. But I was wondering if y'all had any suggestions on what I could do.
4: Right. Well, um, I, I should start by saying that Social Security disability cases are. Um, I know, I know, it's our name might be misleading, but we don't actually do those cases. But I will say this: um, if you. Um, if you're having trouble getting mental health treatment, uh, one of the best places to go is uh, are the community mental health centers. Uh, they uh, they have offices all over the state, um, and they they're not free, but they do work on a sliding scale based on your income. And right. and, and so that's a good place you can go to to get some treatment and and hopefully uh, you know for your mother to be better off. But it you're you're correct that you have to have medical records. Uh, to win a social security disability case if you don't have records Uh you're you're not going to win your case no matter how uh, bad your disability might be Um, but uh, yeah your best option is probably to to seek treatment at your uh, local community mental health center wherever that is
1: all right, Jenna, we hope that that helped you. Let's So let's back up. In fact, I did this. We had a Social Security disability lawyer on, and I was all prepared to talk about uh, Americans with Disability Act. And she said, no, no, I'm the other side. So let's talk about the types of advocacy y- your organization does provide.
4: Right. So um, an easy way to think of it is that if you can find a private attorney to do whatever it is that you need done, we probably don't don't do it. And with social security disability cases, you can get private attorneys, they don't charge you up front, it's a contingency fee sort of thing. You know, just like uh, when you see lawyers on TV, I don't get paid unless you get paid. Social security disability cases work that way. And so we don't do those cases because there are a lot of attorneys out there, uh, private attorneys, who do them at no upfront cost uh, to their clients. So we try to focus on areas where uh, private attorneys are not making a living, Mm -hmm. right? And, <laughs> and, and and while you while a private attorney can potentially make a, a little money on an ADA case uh most of the time that's you're not suing uh for money damages under the ADA. So we focus we do focus on the ADA. Uh we do some work with regard to Medicaid. We do help a lot of people who are receiving social security disability benefits, especially people with disabilities who want to try to get back into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Uh there's some programs there that we can help them with. And uh, Then the other big thing that we do are um, uh, we investigate allegations of of abuse and neglect in um, both mental health facilities and uh, facilities for people with intellectual or developmental disabilities.
1: All right. All right. So when should someone approach Disability Rights Mississippi with a problem? So, my answer to that,
3: skinny <clears throat> would be, um, anytime they feel like their rights have been violated. <clears throat> so sorry. For example um, I, we've been he- I've been helping uh, individuals who are seeking accommodations at their employment for their disability um, I, we've assisted families who believe that their um, you know son or daughter in a state penitentiary was not receiving the correct medical care for their disability mm-hmm. so I would encourage anyone to reach out to us when they feel like uh, their rights
1: as an individual with a disability have been violated all right all right and is this Legal assistance, or uh, is is do individuals pay for your legal help?
4: Oh no, uh, we we don't charge anyone for our services. Uh, Our our services are uh, that's your tax dollars at work, right? Because we're we're and donation
1: dollars, right? Right, (laughs)
4: you know, because because of the way that we're funded, Uh, right? So we don't we don't charge anybody for our services. Uh, Unfortunately, it does mean that. you know, our, our funds are not unlimited, and so we right. can, unfortunately we can't help everybody who calls us. Uh, but we try to make sure that everybody who calls us uh, walks away with something. So if we can't take your case, either because you're requesting a service that we're not able to provide or because um, we're just kind of at financial capacity for a given uh, year, uh, we're going to give you all the information we can uh, about your about the problem that you've presented to us, as well as any referrals that we uh, can give you uh, uh, for other places to seek assistance if if we can't help you ourselves.
1: Well, fantastic! And I look forward to hearing more about this as our hour goes on. We're going to take a break right now, and we're going to continue our discussion uh, to learn about the rights of Mississippians with disabilities. How many people live with a disability in the United States, you might wonder? We'll tell you after the break. And if you have a question about the disability laws or about this organization, Disability Rights Mississippi, we'd love for you to call and be a part of our show. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877 672 7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is terms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Now, we realize not everyone has a chance to listen to our show live. So if you miss any part of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org online.org slash in legal terms and we'll also have the contact information for disability rights organization and uh, the how you can get in touch with Ms. Martin and Mr. Dudre. Um, it's also available on the MPB public media app as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law and this morning we're talking about disability rights. I imagine, Professor Gershen at the, the university, they make, do they make a, a strong, uh, a, a, do they try really hard to be ADA compliant in their buildings and their procedures?
2: Absolutely, Liz. It's very really important to us, you I know, mean, part of what I think uh, the, uh, the organization does, uh, uh Disability Rights Mississippi does is to make sure that organizations are complying with yeah, you know, those types of things to make sure that uh, if there's a student here who has a disability, that they are appropriately accommodated, and we we really do a good job here of making sure that our students get the proper accommodations. Uh, it's important that anyone uh, who is uh, able to attend the university, you know, has the opportunity to do that, even if they might be disabled in some way. So thank you for that question.
1: All right, uh, we had a little teaser at the beginning: disability statistics from the U.S. Census Bureau. Talk- us that 13.3% of the population does live with a disability. And our guests today are Greta Martin, litigation director, and Micah Michael Dutro, for the legal director, both from Disability Rights Mississippi. All right. We want to make sure folks understand that when we're talking about disabilities, it's not specific. It's not uh, Social Security disability, but maybe individuals with disabilities that reference the Americans with Disabilities Act. And that was of 1990, right?
4: That's right. And and that act is intentionally very broad. The, the idea was to cover... Uh, all people with uh, all kinds of disabilities um, in terms of uh, not allowing uh, governments or businesses to discriminate against them. Um meanwhile the Social Security Act when you're talking about Social Security disability which is what people often think of is a lot more um it's a lot more narrowly uh, structured in terms of what it defines as as a disability. But when you're talking about the ADA, you're talking about any physical or mental health impairment that impacts what the law calls a major So in English, that just means that any medical condition you have, whether it's physical or not, that has a serious impact on your life. And it can be uh, anything from your grandmother who uses a walker to get around uh, to your friend or coworker who is HIV positive and their immune system does not work the way it's supposed to. The ADA considers that to be a disability. So it's it's very broad, but it's that way on purpose, uh, the idea being that we want to include everybody that we can in a, as many aspects of our society that we can.
1: And what were some of the legal protections before 1990? I know a lot of us were reminded that the, the ADA Act came about when President uh, George H.W. Bush passed mm. away because he was president at the time that this was signed. But, so what was, what was life like for a lot of individuals before 1990 and this act Took effect.
4: Well, unfortunately, uh, people with disabilities tended to live uh, lives very separate from the rest of society. Um, often um, secluded by uh, often well-meaning family members. Um, Heavily institutionalized, and of course, legal protections that did exist were very patchwork. There was the Rehabilitation Act, which was passed in the in the early 1970s. There was the Social Security Act, um, passed in the 1930s. Those, um, the Social Security Act, also includes um, things like Medicaid and, and Medicare um, programs. So there were some laws out there that had to do with people with disabilities, but there really wasn't anything comprehensive, and that was part of the reason why there was a need for something like the ADA.
1: All right. And our guests today are Greta Martin, the litigation director, and Micah Dutro, Me- legal director, both from Disability Rights Mississippi. And if you have a question about the rights of individuals with disabilities in Mississippi, we'd love for you to call in. Here's your chance to get an answer. And our phone number is one 877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also email us. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org And I understand that there was been an update in two thousand eight, the ADA Amendments Act. What did this did this uh, just reinforce, or did this make any changes?
4: Uh, well, some of it is to do with uh, technological things that didn't exist uh, in the early '90s. But, but, uh, but of course, most of the ADA has to do with uh, architectural um, barriers, buildings that are not right. uh, built to accommodate people. Um, Sidewalks, transportation systems, public transportation systems, things like that. And of course, uh, like Greta was saying earlier, uh, there are the rights of employees and uh, students in higher education uh, to have accommodations so that they can attend school and, 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 and join the workforce. Uh, like, like everybody else does.
1: That's right. And we're very proud at MPB. We have our radio reading service program that is a closed circuit broadcast for individuals who are print impaired. They don't necessarily are blind, but maybe they don't have full reading uh, or or holding a book uh, capabilities and with uh, uh, certification from a home health aide, a nurse, a doctor, optometrist, uh, even a pastor, someone can receive one of our radio reading uh, special radios or get the email link so that they can hear broadcasts. We have volunteers who come in and read the Clarion Ledger, they read the Biloxi Sun Herald, they read the Tupelo Daily Journal, and that that's a way we try to help with people who have that type of disability. And the individual who runs it, Mike Duke, who's been it with MPB oh, for about 30 years, he himself is blind. And mm-hmm. so uh, MPB in the state of Mississippi, his employer, have made uh, accommodations, have given him software and other uh, tools that allow him to do his job and uh, do it uh, do it very well let's start with what the legal definition of a disability or a general definition of a disability what would that be
4: so under the americans with disabilities act it's it's pretty much what i uh, said before it, it's any physical or mental impairment that substantially limits a major life activity or function and um you know, so, it, you know, it could be anything that um, impedes uh, your ordinary life, whether that's mental or physical. Yeah, disabilities can also be temporary. If I were to walk out the door of the studio today mm-hmm. and fall down the stairs and break my leg, um, more than likely, I, you know, I would make a full recovery over time. But for some period of time, I would have a mobility disability. Um so it's important to, to not limit yourself too much when you're thinking about what uh, a disability is.
1: All right. And we have a call. We'd like to go to uh, Dudley uh, from Calhoun County. Thanks for calling in today. Happy New Year.
6: Thank you and Happy New Year to you and all the listening audience too. Uh, my question, I'm a, a mental health advocate. And I would like to know how mental health uh, rates, as far as disability is concerned.
1: What do you mean by rate? Let's uh, let's get us. Well, I
6: mean, have a certain rate as as far as people who are on disability, uh, mental health itself.
1: I, I think we need a little bit more clarification about your, your what what percentage of individuals are considered uh, mentally disabled.
6: Right, if the ones that are trying to get on disabilities disability that have mental mental problems, this is my question. I,
1: <laughs> I think that I'm might sorry. be. Uh, if am I wrong, that might be better for a Social Security Administration expert to answer.
4: I, it, 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 it could be I will say that um, that the neither whether you're talking about the ADA or um, Social Security there's there is uh, legally no real difference between a, a physical, impairment and a mental impairment. Now, you know, depending on the situation, uh, the ways you might have to go about showing uh, that you have that impairment and how it affects you and so on and so forth might be very different because of the different nature of those uh, disabilities. But the ADA especially makes no distinction really at all uh, between a physical problem and a mental health issue.
6: Then the question would be really, how do you prove, I guess that you had a mental health disability?
4: Well uh, you usually would do that with uh, records from your uh, where you receive mental health treatment. you know perhaps you're on medication or perhaps you receive counseling uh, or other things maybe you uh, utilize a support group and and so you would ordinarily you would use uh, paper, Records of the treatment that you've had, uh, in a Social Security context, uh, you often, uh, you know, you often have to show that you've been receiving treatment for a, for a relatively long period of time, sometimes years. Uh, but that's usually how you do it. Your prescription records can show how long you've been on certain medications, things like that.
2: Don't you think maybe, uh, Micah and Greta, that the harder part is that people who are suffering from mental disabilities don't go seek help, and if they knew that there was assistance out there and they knew that they had rights, if they, if they got the help and they got the diagnosis, uh, that may actually encourage more people to go uh, get the treatment they need.
4: I think that's true. Unfortunately, there's a stigma attached to mental health issues that that you don't see with physical health issues. Um, and there's historical and, and, and social reasons why that is, but you're right, it does lead to people not seeking the treatment that, that they would really benefit from. And that's unfortunate because um, just like there have been a lot of advances in, in physical medical care, there, there are also advances in mental health care. And uh, people can, can lead um, integrated and fulfilled lives Uh, with the right care Um, and it's out there it's available i know we live in a state where sometimes it's not easy to find the medical care that you need whether it's mental health or otherwise but but there are resources out there Uh, we can help direct you direct people to uh, some of those
1: All right. Well, we need to take our next break for the show. We are speaking with Greta Martin, litigation director, and Micah Dutro, legal director, both from Disability Rights Mississippi. If you have a question about the disability rights laws, um, we would love for you to call in. Our next little teaser is, uh, what about Mississippi's population? We'll find out what percentage of our state is uh, classified according to the census as an individual with a disability. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert. He's joining us via Skype from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill here at MPB. Our guests today are Greta Martin, litigation director, and Micah Dutro, legal director, both from Mississippi Rights, Disability Rights, Mississippi. And according to the U.S. Census, Mississippi has 16.8% of its population are individuals with disabilities. Uh, Professor Gershon, I I know uh, uh, what are have been in when you're teaching at the law school, what have been some ways that you you're you're preparing our lawyers to uh, deal with uh, individuals with disabilities?
2: That's a good question, Liz. First of all, I ask them to think about themselves and to think about the fact that at some point, young people have a better opportunity or really more chance of becoming disabled at an early age than uh, than dying at an early age. And so they should be planning for their own potential disability because even though they're 16.8%, it's possible that 100% of us could become disabled at some point. So we need to think about that. We need to plan for that. But when they're planning for clients, they need to think about, both their rights and working with organizations like DRMS, but also uh, the fact that uh, there are some financial considerations that uh, people should consider as well. For example, uh, long-term disability insurance and and other things to protect someone in case they uh, become disabled. We've talked about special needs trusts with uh, Rick Courtney and and Rebecca Morgan in the past, uh, in past shows. So those are some of the things we talk about at the law school as well.
1: Fantastic. Well, we have a call to go to. Sue from Beaumont. Happy New Year. Thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Thank you. <clears throat> I'd
5: like to ask a question. I was uh, in an accident six years ago, and have been in a wheelchair ever since. And, uh, but, you know, I've gone about my business. I, I, I hate the term disabled. I, I rather prefer the name, the term uh, less abled. But anyway, because I, I go ahead and do everything everybody else does, you know, except walk. But I'm, I am just irritated that I cannot get access into the library at Richston, Mississippi. It's a very nice library, but there's no place to park, and there's no way to get in the library. <clears throat> I wrote a letter to the Mississippi Disability Association, and the caseworker went and checked it out, and she said, yes, you're right, There's no way, there's no place to park, no way to get in there, and no way to get in there. But that was the end of it. I, I never heard anything else about it, and <clears throat> excuse me, what what can I do to to like build a fire under somebody to get a access to that library?
3: Okay, so this is actually something that uh, we see frequently is access to public um, buildings and uh, accommodations for individuals with disabilities. And so I would encourage you. Uh, what we do, Sue, is our our organization has a wonderful team of advocates. That when we receive information like you're giving us today, we would send out an advocate to investigate that, and it would be uh, a situation where we would we would stay on top of that until we saw some type of movement toward giving uh, handicapped access to those buildings so I would encourage you to reach out to our organization um, that is absolutely something that we, we see quite frequently um, uh Access is one of our top priorities to make sure that all public facilities and buildings are accessible for individuals with disabilities.
5: Well, since the caseworker said, uh, she wrote me a letter, that I have dropped the case in your name. I said, I'm not calling just for myself. I'm calling for anybody who wants to get into the library that uses crutches or wheelchairs or whatever. You know, you can't, there's no place to park, and then you can't get in there when you get there.
1: Well, Sue, we're glad that you, you brought this up. Uh, we'll go ahead. Now, don't get confused with the MPB ring number, but the phone number for Disability Rights Mississippi, the toll-free number is 1-800-772-4057. Mm-hmm. We'll also give that again at the end of the show. It's one 800 772 Four oh five seven. And whom should
4: I ask for? We have. Um, you don't have to ask for anybody in particular. If you've never called our office before, you'll be directed to our intake specialist, who has uh, who will have some questions for you uh, about some of the things that you've that you've told us, uh, and uh, then your uh, case would be directed to the right people in our office. Um, and, and that's what we do with all uh, all calls that come into our office so that we make sure that we can keep track of all of them and we make sure that we respond to people in a timely way. I've been very disappointed so far, <clears throat> but thank you.
1: Oh, well, we're glad. And to let individuals know that there's a Jackson office for Disability Rights Mississippi, there's a Gulfport office, and their email address, if you'd like to to peruse it, is dot MS. And um, Micah and Greta, I guess a lot of sometimes things don't happen unless there's litigation. We've learned in the United States and in Mississippi that, you know, the Civil Rights Act that pushed forward a lot of uh, actions. So, what are some of the legal uh, challenges that Disability Rights Mississippi has been a part of?
4: Well, most recently, um, well, I say recently, we, we've had the uh, city of Jackson uh, under a consent decree uh, because of the operation of J-Tran, Uh, There's been some some maintenance problems uh, with JTRAN over the years that have resulted in not providing what the ADA calls equivalent service to people with disabilities. That's the idea that uh, service for somebody with a disability should be no different than service for anybody else. Um, And the law um, does not require that a city operate any public transportation at all, but it says that if you do, you have to serve everybody equally. Uh, and so that's that's something we uh, we've been involved in uh, for a while now. Uh, we we were involved as a plaintiff. Sometimes our organization is uh, we have lawyers, but sometimes we are a plaintiff uh, in certain situations uh there was a situation uh about several a few years ago about uh conditions of confinement and length of confinement at the henley young juvenile justice uh detention center also in jackson um many of the children there unfortunately have mental health uh, disorders and some of them have developmental disorders and so they have disabilities under the ada and we um but it's a short-term facility and so uh kids aren't there long enough for lawsuits to work their way through the courts which of course unfortunately could take a long time so sometimes we serve as a plaintiff um an organizational plaintiff uh so that uh these things can get worked out in court um and so uh are just di- there are different things that we do but you know it's often the case that we're able to work things out before litigation happens. In fact, in a lot of uh, situations that the last caller, Miss Sue, was talking about, um, there are ha- there are many times when we see physical barriers uh, that are in violation of the ADA that. Uh, we, we send somebody out to take some measurements or, or look at whatever the barriers are. And then we will often, uh, we usually at that point, we'll send a letter to the business or entity, governmental entity or whoever it is to say, look, here are the problems that we've seen. Here's the way it's supposed to be. Um, and m- in many instances, that's all it takes. Um, unfortunately, um, well, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate. Most of the time with physical barriers it's it's almost never malicious, right? It's it's almost always out of uh out of ignorance, unfortunately. People don't know. The business owner doesn't doesn't know what it is that they're that they're supposed to do. In some ways, it's sad to say that after we're you know 29 years after the passage of the of the ADA, but but the fact remains, people just don't know what what it is that they're supposed to do, uh, and and that's why you see some of these barriers. The other problem, of course, is that uh, Mississippi is is a state full of old buildings, right? <laughs> that many of which were built long before the ADA was ever was ever thought of, and so that poses some additional some additional challenges too.
1: Uh, this just occurred to me is. Do you all have access, or can you recommend? Are there any grants or uh, assistance for uh, businesses or governments to help make their uh, workplace areas or their customer areas more ADA compliant? I-
4: I don't know of any particular grants off the top of my head, but there is a lot of good, uh, what the federal government calls technical assistance, available for free. Most of it's available online if you search for it uh, through various government departments. Um, uh, the Department of Justice has some. And then there's the, um, I believe it's called the Board of Standards um, has some architectural uh, guidelines about walkways and how wide doorways should be and, and things like that uh, that you can look for for reference and the nice thing about it is is that most of the time uh, adjustments for uh, people with disabilities are are relatively inexpensive when it comes to um, physical access i mean sometimes it 's just the fact that an automatic closing door. Is too hard to push open. Well, that's you can adjust those doors actually with, with uh, oftentimes with just a screwdriver. You can adjust the pressure on those doors to make it light enough that someone with a disability can use it. Uh, sometimes it's a matter of changing round doorknobs to lever handles so that someone who can't manipulate their hand can still push the lever down and open the door. Right. So sometimes it's little things like that that make all the difference in the world.
2: And some of those costs actually are deductible, and they're even tax credits. I had to throw tax in because that's my area, but they're <laughs> tax credits for compliance with, uh, with the ADA for small businesses. So there, there, are, there are some things that can help uh, defray some of those costs.
1: All right. Well, we need to take our last break of the hour. We're going to continue with our discussion uh, with Disability Rights Mississippi uh, lawyers Greta Martin and Micah Dutro. So if you have a question, we're here. Our phone number is here. Our lines are open. Give us a call. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877 672 And when we come back, we'll give out that contact information again if you would like to uh, call the Jackson office, the Gulfport office, or you'd like that toll-free number. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for being a part of In Legal Terms today. Remember, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash, in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB public media app, as are all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, and today we're talking with uh, lawyers from Disability Rights Mississippi. They have offices in Jackson and in Gulfport. They have toll a toll-free number, if you want to write this down, uh, don't get it confused. Confused with MPB Ring because uh, uh, if you call it later, they won't be able to answer your other legal questions. But their toll free number is 1 800 772 4057, and their website uh, has a lot of information on it. Their website is drms.ms disabilityrightsmississippi.ms All right. And we were talking uh, during the break about the the government shutdown, (laughs) and I asked that you are a nonprofit group. We are. And you're not a government agency. That's right. But you do get funding from the federal government.
4: We do. uh, and, And the government shutdown has not affected us so far. The shutdown would have to last several months before it would begin to to affect us at all.
1: All right. But they also take contributions.
4: Certainly. Certainly we do. Um, We, uh, of course, like any nonprofit, uh, we uh, don't get as many as we would like, right? I mean... (laughs) You would, uh, I think, any nonprofit would say that. But, uh, but that's right. If anybody would like to contribute financially to our organization, uh, please give us a call or reach out to us uh, via our website or even our Facebook page, and we'll get in touch uh, with you about how to make that happen.
1: Mr. Law, tax professor, um, I wondered if has there been much talk about uh, in 2019 with a decrease in individuals making charitable donations since so. Many many less people will be able to take a charitable deduction because they'll be itemizing now.
2: Well, Liz, there has been discussion about that, but I think really, if you look at a state like Mississippi, which is uh, very high in charitable giving, even though uh, we have a, a lower number of people who take the itemized deduction, I think a lot of people give to charity. Uh, irrespective of the deduction. Uh, and so it you know it's something that's good to know that people care about supporting organizations like their churches or uh, North Mississippi Rural Legal Services or uh, Disability Mississippi. Uh, those kinds of things are important to all of us, and I think people uh, step up and give to those organizations, even if they can't take the deduction.
1: Greta, what were you going to say? Oh, um,
3: I, there's actually a link to donate um, at drms.ms. And also, we are available on Facebook. Great. So for right. anyone that wants to reach us that way. All right.
1: Well, we do have a call that we're going to get to. Uh, Paul from Ridgeland, thanks for being a part of uh, In Legal Terms in 2019. Go ahead.
7: You talking to me?
1: I am, Paul. Go ahead.
7: Well, what I was calling about, I uh, was on the radio, you know, is about this program, you know, about uh, uh, disability and what have you. And in the, in the federal government, what I've gone about, that uh, I had a storm shelter uh, built and all and, and I got it through the, the federal government, and the door on it, I'm handicapped, and uh, I can't get my wheelchair to it. And uh, so my problem is I have to put another wheelchair in my storm shelter and then roll up right to it and get out of uh, that one and, and hold on to the door. The get into the uh uh get into the other one. And I can't understand why the government let this company build them storm shelters with them narrow doors. Oh,
1: well, that seems very inconvenient, Paul.
7: Well it's really it's really important, you know, and all them and I called that company and they said they were specifications. I said, Well, I just can't understand it ought to be at least a, a three foot door, you know. And I said, When you can't get a wheelchair in it, I said, that's pretty bad. Now, you can get a small wheelchair in it, but an average wheelchair, I'm 250 pounds, and I got an average wheelchair, and it won't go through it.
4: Well, that's, I will confess, Paul, that's a new one on me. I, I can't recall ever getting a call about a storm shelter at Disability Rights Mississippi before, but... Um, well,
7: see, the, see, the government paid the 75% of the cost on see. see?
4: Right, and, and I think that you're, you may be on the right track that when the, you know, generally when the federal government lends its funds for the construction of, of any st- structure, there's usually requirements that they, you know, that these structures meet ADA standards and, and, and some other standards out there as well that don't really have any, anything to do with what we're talking about today. Uh, I, I would encourage you to give us a call at, at our office, and uh, maybe we can help you look into that.
7: Well, I sure would because I really left how I talked to the people uh, that built it. And all good they enlarge it? And they said, "No, ain't no way." But I don't see why it couldn't be because it's, it's concrete, you know. All you have to do, to you know, is is knock that wall down and uh, and widen that door, you know. Yes, sir. But I don't know how the government let this get by, you know, with well, a door not being at least three foot wide, you know.
4: Well, uh,
1: Paul, and I think this is uh, the one of the reasons Disability Rights Mississippi exists is that I, I assume a lot of uh, construction foremen, a lot of individuals who do not who do not have disabilities. They, it's hard to take all things into consideration. But uh, if you have a pen, let's uh, write down, and I'll, I'll give the number twice. Okay. Uh, Disability Rights Mississippi's toll free number is 1-800-772. Did you say 772?
7: Seven, seven,
1: I did. I said 772-4057. Seven, seven, okay. And one more time, I'm going to give that out. Disability Rights Mississippi's toll-free number is one 800 772 4057.
7: Okay, I've got Disability Rights. Yes, sir. Okay.
1: And they are a not for profit organization that does not charge a fee. They maybe can't take every single call that comes in, but they try not. What did you say? They don't leave you uh, hanging out.
4: That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll try. If, if we can't take your case, we try not to send anybody away empty handed if we can help it.
1: All right, well, we have just a few minutes left. What what haven't we covered? What does the state of Mississippi need to know?
4: Well, Paul does bring up an interesting aspect of all this, and that is is that we live in a state that is prone to natural disasters, especially hurricanes and tornadoes, and disaster preparedness is especially important for people with disabilities. It's something that everybody needs to be aware of because I promise almost everybody in your listening audience has somebody in their family who has a disability, uh, if they don't have one themselves. And so it's important to plan for those things. Um, If you call our office, we don't do that ourselves, but we can connect you with some resources to help you do that. and uh, so that's one thing. The other thing that occurs to me is that you might have listeners like myself. I'm, a, I'm in my mid-30s. I don't have any health problems that I know of. So you ha- might have someone in your audience like that thinking, what does all this have to do with me? But the thing is, is if you live long enough, you'll have a disability one day if you don't now. Right. Even if you just need a walker in your old age, that's a disability. If you develop a chronic disease as you get older, that's a disability. If you have cancer and you need treatment, that's a disability. So even if these things don't apply to you now, they will one day. Uh, so you know it's 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 something not to take for granted, and it's something for everyone to pay attention to because it will apply to you eventually if it doesn't already.
1: That's right. On our Wednesday. 9 a.m. show fix it 101 we've had a contractor who comes in and he's talked uh, often about making uh, lifetime homes accessible
4: yes that's a that's a critical issue especially as the population ages i think the census bureau says that before long we'll have somewhere over 20 percent of the population will be senior citizens that's that's never actually happened in our country before so it's it 's a growing issue
1: right, and you know you 're talking about uh uh, knowing someone uh, you know i've got uh, two mother-in-laws both who have had uh, hip replacements and who've had different surgical things and they both use walkers and canes and so many people do now we're living longer but maybe <laughs> towards uh but uh but with assistance you can live a fantastic life
4: right i i think you can and the law uh provides ways to make that happen and that's what we want to try to do is make sure that those laws are followed and everybody can be included uh in the community uh, and enjoy everything it has to offer
1: and i think with the with the rise of the internet there's so much clickable things on right. on the Internet now so that you hear the story of the man who went to Taco Bell and uh, had a, a hearing disability and the mm-hmm. cashier wouldn't take his written request, or you hear different stories. And I think all of that makes us more aware.
4: Right. You know, the other kind of frontier for disability rights is technology. Technology provides a lot of solutions, but it also poses new challenges. Uh, websites. A lot of websites are not accessible to people with uh, low vision um, because you can't always make the text as large as someone might need to, or the the buttons that you click on the website. You, the motor control that you have to have is very fine on a lot of websites, and some people aren't able to do that. So.
1: Well, I hope everyone has learned so much this hour. I know I have. We want to thank Greta and Micah from Disability Rights Mississippi. Thank you for being on our show today. Thank you.
4: Thanks for having us.
1: All right. Professor Gershon, I hope uh, you're not late for your next class. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. This is going to wrap us up for today on In Legal Terms. Our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo, and our board engineer in Jackson is Jay White. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill, and up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedy show, Relatively Speaking. But we hope you'll join us again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.